10 things that God is saying. We did five last week. And last week I was concentrating on things that I believe God is saying about this era, this time in this pandemic. And here's the five. I'll remind you of them real briefly. Number one, God is enthroned over the flood. As soon as we uh, uh, lockdown was announced, I began to pray and I saw a vision of the throne of God over a flood of evil. And the Passion Translation says that God is enthroned to bring evil to an end. And I believe he will bring this evil to an end. And we need to keep praying that and believing that in this time, that this virus is not from God and he's going to bring good things out of it because he brings good out of all tragedy and difficulty. But God is ruling over this thing and is going to bring it to an end. Number two, I felt God say early in the year, this season is not about failing, it's about unveiling. Think about Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego in the fiery furnace. It seems like everything is going wrong, but they're in the furnace actually all their chains, all of the ropes that are holding them fall off them and they come out not even smelling of the fire. That's our God, right? Listen, this might be a difficult circumstance and a difficult situation for you, but trust me, if you walk with God, remember the story says that there was one like the Son of God, because it was the Son of God, it was Jesus, was there in the flames with them. Jesus is with you in this time and the only thing that's going to burn away is the stuff that you don't need for the next season. So trust me, this season is about uh, unveiling. It's not about failing. Number three, I felt God say, here I come ready or not. God is on the move in this season. And um, I heard one prophet say, while some might be tempted to revert to survival in this time, instead we need to revert to revival. Did you hear that? Don't revert to survival. I'm, I'm just going to make it through. No, expect to prosper. Expect to grow in your spirituality. Expect to grow in the things of God in this time uh, because God is coming and he's beginning to move in powerful ways. Even though, let's be honest, your spirituality might feel really kind of weird at the moment, a little bit frayed at the edges. Listen, that doesn't mean that God is any less real. Imagine being Jehoshaphat's choir in that battle time. Uh, and you've got the armies of Moab, Amon and Mount Seir. And then Jehoshaphat turns to the worship team. What would you think of this, hey, Matt? And he says, hey, you guys go out the front and what we're gonna do to win this battle is you're gonna sing. I can guarantee you they wouldn't have felt all lovely kind of oozy, gooey feelings of a lovely worship time in a Christian service. No, they probably felt a little bit sick, but they praised God in faith and God moved in an incredibly powerful way. If we stay in faith, remember, not everything that is spiritual and that is God is always going to just feel nice. I actually believe God is doing something quite profound in this season. I'm going to talk about it in a minute, um, but stick with him, okay? Because not everything that is spiritual has goosebumps attached, have you noticed? Um, the fourth thing, that God is saying is that there's a short pause leading to a new era. And you go back and look that if you want to, but there's a divine pause taking place right now. I think it's hard to miss, right? There is something of a new era beginning and God's wanting to prepare our hearts. Number five, the last thing we looked at last week is that darkness is often a trigger for revival. Difficult times are often a trigger for a major life change and something powerful to go on in our lives. And I, I read from Isaiah 60 at the beginning of the year, Arise, shine, for your light has come and the glory of the Lord rises on you. 
but look where it goes. See, darkness covers the earth and thick darkness is over the peoples, but the Lord rises on you. But, really important word, right? You always got to have a big but if you're a Christian. Oh, I like that. I'm getting naughty already. You see, when darkness is over the peoples, the Lord rises on you. When there's trouble in Egypt, it's the Israelites that walked out with all the gold and all the freedom. God is on your side. You're a child of God. And if you're not this morning, well, by the end of this time, I'm going to talk for maybe 10 more minutes. By the end of this time, you're going to know how to begin your walk with God and enjoy his presence for the rest of your life and know his favour on your life. Okay, so there's the first five. Let's do the second five things that I believe God is saying that we need to do in this season. So I'll call it number six because we've done the first five, okay? So number six, God's saying this, slow down. From about January, God's been saying to me again and again, slow down. And in fact, he's been saying it slower and slower, almost like he's trying to calm my heart with the sound of his voice. Slow down. Jared, you run too fast. You're in too much of a rush. It's like, you know, when, you're, when your tires are spinning, According to the accelerator, you're going really fast, but according to looking at where the car's going, you're not going anywhere. You're spinning your wheels and the tread is not catching the road. I believe in this season, God wants us to learn for our tread to catch the road. We have become victims of such a rushed life, such a mad life. We are so packed full of information. We need to learn to slow down, to be still, and know that I'm God. Now, I know that's going to be hard. I know we've got a lot of people in Revive work for the NHS. Some of you out there, supermarket workers, many others, you are going to be busy as you have, as busy as you've ever been and there's no way to stop. But listen, for a lot of you out there, this is a time to stop and not just to watch lots of box sets, even though that can be fun, you know, have fun. I'm not saying don't do that, but give time to God in this season. He wants to reconnect with you. Perhaps for some, God has just ordained this time to reconnect with us. Uh, think about Adam in the Garden of Eden. In the cool of the day, early in the morning, late at night, he'd just quietly be with God. And I think for some of us, God would say, I, I miss you. And I know the distractions and the anxiety might be huge right now, but many of us, we need to reconnect with God. Slow down, let your tire engage with the road. Here's a little thought I had. When Adam, well, what's the first thing God said that wasn't good about Adam? It wasn't good that he was alone. So God wanted to do a major miracle, a major unveiling, you could call it, right, ladies? In Adam's life, he needed Eve. So what did God do? He put him into a deep sleep. God does his best work while we're sleeping very often. Abraham, when God is cutting the covenant with Abraham, you read the Bible story, he falls into a deep sleep. When Jesus talks about the kingdom, he says whether you sleep or whether you rise, the kingdom's going to keep growing because it's like the crops in a field for a farmer. Nothing's going to stop that crop growing. The farmer can go to sleep and life will still grow. Can I assure you of something in this time? You might not feel it. You might feel like your spirituality slightly gone to sleep. You might feel like huge areas of life are just on such a pause. But listen, sometimes God pauses us he stops everything and listen, he often does his best work while we're sleeping. We often think, I don't, I don't know about you, 
certainly how I think, I need to give God a hand. He, he hasn't quite got this done. He hasn't got it sorted. I, I think I need to be busy to help God help me be fruitful. You know, sometimes heaven kind of laughs at that and says, just calm down, slow down. In fact, why don't I pause the whole world? I think God pressed a big pause button or a reset button. Why don't I pause everything and say, guys, just be still. I've got some work to do. So whether you are feeling deeply spiritual or not in this season, can I tell you something? I still believe God is working deep in your heart because sometimes the best thing to do is just sleep and let God do in your heart the kingdom things that he wants to do in your heart. So slow down. Those of you that rush, those of you that can't stop, those of you whose response is, well, I've got to get busy doing something, um, slow down. And it often takes a whole new mindset to enter that place. Slow down. Why? Because we need to reconnect with God. Number seven. God is saying this, forget the former. This verse has been a huge verse from the beginning of the year before even we, we knew there was a pandemic. Isaiah 43 verse 18 and 19 says this, forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. Forget the former things. I believe God has moved on. Over the Easter weekend, I felt led to read through all of the, the um, resurrection stories in all of the four gospels, just, just to go and read them and let God talk to me. And of course, the thing that comes out in them, it's amazing how quite a few of them are, are really quite different, but the similar thing with all of them is this, Jesus wasn't there. Just let that sink in for a minute. They went looking for where they thought Jesus would be as if he was dead, but he wasn't there. He got up and moved on. Listen, everybody, that's, if you're like me, you spent the last 50 years in church, God has got up and he's moved on. And it's time for us to have, have an accelerated catch up to where God is. Do you know, for, for years, for hundreds of years, the Israelites would, would worship at the temple and the veil was there. But remember when Jesus died, the veil was torn in two. Do you know what was behind that veil by that point? Absolutely nothing. They'd been worshipping, but the glory of God had departed the temple years ago. Often we are worshipping in a place that God has left. And he's kind of down the road whistling it. OK, come on, everybody, catch up with me. I'm over here. It's time for us to catch up with God. That's why we need to be still and listen to God once again. Why? Because God has moved on and he's saying, forget the former things can I tell you, I know where we really want to be together, don't we? It sounds like an old advert, doesn't it? We really want to be together. We really want to be together. We want to get back to services. There's loads of stuff we want to do. But can I tell you too, there's lots of stuff I don't want to get back to. I, I want to get back to a greater level of fruitfulness, to a deeper level of spirituality. That's where I want to go. I want to go where God's voice is leading me today. I don't want to go back to what we were, because if I'm honest, it wasn't that great. I want to step into everything God's got for me in the future. So forget the former things. Don't dwell on the past. Stop, grieve for it and let it go and say, right, we're going to step into a future with God. Because look what it says. See, I... Really important you see it. I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? Begin to awaken your soul 
to the new things God might want to do in your life as well as in, in the church. Awaken yourself. Maybe I found the best thing to do is to sit down with a pad and a pen in this season and just let God speak. Because I don't know about you, the, the anxiety, the, the distractions, all the things that we should think we should be doing. I'm wondering about the church. Where are we going next? What's the church going to look like in September? I don't know is the truth. But when I sit down and I let all of those stimulated emotions just subside and I say, okay, God, speak. I find God is speaking from the, from the rooms of heaven, new strategies for the future. Spend time with him because he needs to speak. This is what he's doing. He says, I'm making a way in the wilderness. There aren't normally ways in the wilderness. You don't, you don't normally go there. That's why it's a wilderness. There's not normally big highways in the wilderness. So God is saying, I'm going to set up a way for you to inhabit what was previously uninhabitable. I'm going to take you to places you've never been before. So get ready and prepared for a new adventure, new scenery. In this time of pause, I am laying a new road for the future. Oh boy. Now, it doesn't mean that every prophetic word you've had in the past is wrong. On the contrary, God is setting you up to fulfill the word that he's given to you. It just might look different than you'd imagined before. I'm making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. So I'm making a way in the wilderness. There'll be a road. You'll be able to go places you've never gone before. The church needs to do that. You and I need to do that. And it says, and streams in the wasteland, I'm going to give you sustenance in places that previously would have exhausted you. Oh, somebody needs to hear that. I'm going to give you sustenance in places that previously would have exhausted you and you would not have survived. He's putting streams in the wasteland so that you can live there, be fruitful there and grow things there. There's somebody listening to this program. You need to hear where God's taking you. He is going to revive your heart, refresh your spirit and get this. You're actually going to start to enjoy it. There is a spirituality coming that you're going to start to enjoy in a way that you've not enjoyed for a few years. God is going to revive you and lift you. So let's get ready for some new things because God has moved on. Revive is going to look different when we come back. It could look radically different. There'll be enough, there'll be lots of familiar faces so we can enjoy each other, but let's go on the adventure of a lifetime. I want more than what we had two years ago or five years ago or whatever. I want God's now thing. And I think it's exciting. Number eight, the eighth thing is this, a new spirit of innovation or attitude of innovation is being stirred in us as never before. I've been saying for a couple of years that there is a spirit of innovation. I just mean an attitude, a new wave of innovation coming on the church in this season to do things in new ways, in ways that we've never even thought of before. God's going to bring whole new ways to reach nations, to influence nations, to see people saved and for there to be a harvest. There's an innovation coming. But listen, I've been saying it, but I feel like God has now enforced it. He's saying, right, innovate. Um, there's a communication technique called the burning platform. And it's this, I, I might tell someone, imagine I'm stood on an oil rig and someone else is stood there with me. And, and, and I say to this guy, hey, jump into the sea. Well, he's going to argue me. He might tackle me to the ground, to be honest, but he's not going to want to jump into the sea. But if I set fire to the oil rig, the burning platform, suddenly there's no more conversation. It's right, I'm jumping. It becomes the obvious thing to do. God has been saying, embrace new ways, 
get intimate. It's time for a new kind of harvest. It's time for a new kind of kingdom influence. So innovate with me. And of course, loads of us, me included, are actually quite late adopters in life. My iPhone is never up to date. I always get the oldest cheap one. Why? Because I'm not an early adopter. I'm a late adopter. I just kind of meander around picking up from what other people prove finally works. But God is actually forcing us all to be early adopters. He's set fire to the platform of the old and he's saying, right, now step into the new. And of course, all of us, every one of us are going, okay, yes, we've got to step into new ways. Some of you that said, you know, social media's of the devil. Suddenly here you are on Facebook watching me. Thank God we've got these ways to connect, right? Some that would never go near Zoom. What is Zoom? Sounds like a 1970s superhero. No, it's actually a way that we can communicate. We're learning all of these things, all because in the midst of this pandemic, God has smashed the reset button and we've gone, okay, I've got to learn some new things. I've got to become an early adopter. I've got to accelerate, but you know what? God's going to use it, not just for those practical things, but to accelerate it into lots of new spiritual things as well. Expect him to do it in your heart. Let's be honest, lots of, lots of people in church, we've had a, a bit of an idolatry of, of our methods. We just love the way we do things. And we're so nostalgic, even nostalgia is not what it used to be. Do you know what I mean? We just, we love the past. But listen, there is a glorious, beautiful, bright, future. And we might not know what the future holds, but I'm going to be corny. You know it. We know who holds the future. We're going there with God into the adventures that our hearts long for. So trust him in the new. There's a new innovation. Don't, don't resist stepping into new things and trying them because there's something of God in it. Number nine, the ninth thing that God is saying is he is dealing. This is a, a, a time of, of holiness and purity. We've, you can tell by our songs, I think it was Dr. Sharon Stone at our Revive United uh, meeting early, for, early in the year for staff and leaders. She, she talked about the songs of the recent season in the church being about goodness and God's grace and his mercy. And of course that never goes away. But, but watch this, right now something is shifting. We were getting a new sense of the fear of the Lord purity and holiness. I believe God is dealing, and I'll use this word, he's dealing with idolatry in our lives and he's dealing with sin. What is, what is an idol? An idol is whatever you have to ask permission from before you obey God. Should I say that again? It's not mine, I nicked it from someone, but I don't even know who. Idol, an idol is whatever you have to ask God, whatever you have to ask before you can obey God. So if you have to ask your bank account before you can obey God, money's your idol. If you have to ask family, if you have to, have to ask you, your career, I don't know about you, I want my life to be totally surrendered to God. I've talked a lot about innovation in recent times, um, but as I, as I started to get close to God myself in this pause season, and of course a mind like mine, I just want to know, okay God, what are the methods? What's the new thing? What's the innovation? And God's come to me and he, I believe this is the greatest one. He said to me, the greatest innovation I want to do is in your heart. I say it again, the greatest innovation I want to do is right inside you, in your heart, Jared. I want to form something new in you. I want to revive you, refresh you, purify you. I remember in January I was, I was praying, 
I think I might have been in a, a staff prayer meeting in this room and I had a strange little prophetic moment and I, I could hear the clanging of a hammer on an anvil but deep inside my soul. You know, it was like a prophetic hearing. I wasn't hearing things, but um, God, what do you mean by that? I could hear this clang, clang, clang. And I felt God say, I am forming steel-like strength inside you. Jared, stop thinking about fulfillment. What I want is formation. So often we want to jump to fulfillment, but not really give ourselves wholeheartedly to formation, to character, to purity. You're going to find stuff's coming out of you in this time. Hey, <laughs> anybody noticed? Uh, stuff in our parenting is coming out. Stuff in our marriages is coming out. Stuff with our temper is coming out. Stuff with our impatience is coming out. Stuff with our lack of trust of God is coming out. The hammer on the anvil of our souls saying, come on, I'm shaping you. Clang, clang, clang. Let me work deep inside you. And it's not always going to feel pretty, but I want to deal with the idolatry in you. So listen, give yourself to formation time. Become who God wants you to be. It's more important that you become the right person than that you do the right successful thing. Let him grow you deep inside your heart. Do you know, I saw a statistic yesterday that says that 48% of churchgoers have not watched any online church in the last month. Can I say that amazing statistic again? 48% of churchgoers have not watched any online church in the last month. That's just incredible. What does it mean? It means that when the novelty wears off, spirituality becomes boring. And it's an expression of where our hearts are at. It's like, wow, okay, now I'll be honest. Here I am, I, I've spent the last two months talking to cameras. Honestly, what was it, F 50 teaching and prophetic programs that we've done. And a lot of what I'm sharing with you now, I shared on the Prophet Speak for 14 nights. And uh, the, the powerful thing of it all is, okay, we can talk down cameras to each other, can't we? We can encourage each other on Zoom and all these things. But at the end of the day, during a time like this, you and the sound of your own spirituality is the loudest thing you're going to hear. But actually, don't be discouraged by that. It can be beautifully purifying and reviving if you give in to the voice of God and say okay God yes I want my spirituality to be to be real Monday to Saturday suddenly becomes much more important to your spirituality than Sunday because this is all we can do on Sunday it's you and it's God walking together and working together it's time for you to know and find God so even if it's been hard I would say Still run after him all that you can, even if it just feels just rubbish. Do you know what I mean? Just empty. Uh, for the first five or six weeks of this time, I, I felt quite prophetic as so I was hearing some things from God, but actually my spirituality felt very empty. Um, so we can't always go by feelings, but I know deep down he's doing something in my soul. And the greatest thing in this time is that we... We, we give up areas of idolatry, yes, but we embrace new areas of intimacy. Nothing is going to be more powerful to you in this time than your personal walk with God. Now, you might say, I don't know how to pray. I, I, you know, I, I just don't, I don't get it. I need, the, I need church to bolster my walk with God. Let me just simplify it for you. I, I read a story yesterday uh, by Brennan Manning. I love his books, and he tells this story. There was a, an old man who was, who was dying. 
and, and Brennan came to see, I think the story, I think it was Brennan, or he might have been recounting someone else, but an old man went to, an uh, old man was dying and Brennan went to see him and he turned up and there was a chair by the bed and somehow they got talking about the chair by the bed and the, the old man who was dying, he, he, he explained, he said, well, years ago, I, just, I didn't know how to pray. And I told my pastor, Pastor, I, I don't know how to pray. What, what can I do? And he gave me this book and he, I opened it. He said, I, I had to look up a dictionary for, for the first page. There were so many words in it, I didn't understand. I just didn't get it. And then a few years later, because that frustrated me, a few years later, somebody said, well, why didn't you just put a chair next to you, pretend that God sat in it and chat to him and listen to him and chat to him and listen to him. He said, so I started doing that. And you know what? My prayer life came alive. Just the visual aid, visual aid of, of a seat near me. And I pretended God was sat there and we chatted like two friends having a coffee and my spirituality has come alive. Why not try that? You know, the, the story goes on that Brennan left. He got a call from the man's daughter. Now, the man had never told his daughter what the chair was really for because she wasn't a Christian and he thought, she's just going to think I'm weird and kind of losing it up here. So he never told her. And so when the daughter called Brennan and said, hey, um, my dad's passed away and Brennan said a few words of condolence and kind of, you know, chatted for a few moments with her. And then he, Brennan said, so did he seem to pass away peacefully? And she said, yes, yes, I think he did. He seemed to pass away really peacefully. But it was very strange when we found him. He had crawled out of his bed and laid his head on the seat next to his bed. You see, intimacy is so simple, but so powerful. Just put a seat near you now. God sat right in your home, which is where he should be and should have been all along. You know what I'm saying? Put a seat there and just talk to God. And even if you just say, God, this time is just rubbish. If you're struggling with stress and mental illness and anxiety or depression, just tell him to offload to him. You're going to find your greatest friend sat in a seat right next to you. And his name's Jesus. Be with you to the end of your days and then beyond into heaven. Give yourself to intimacy. Clean up the idolatry and impurity. Let God work in your life. And the last one, because I've gone on a bit longer than I thought. Hey, you know it's live now, right? I can go on. I like this. I'll see all the cameramen. They'll be tutting at me in a while, Good, mainly in the rooms next door, which helps. So the last one, number 10. Um, I believe God is raising up a new worship sound. And uh, even at home, well, let me, do, let me do the full story. Uh, when, when Vicky and I came back from Australia last summer, we felt really compelled to build a little studio in our, in our home. So we converted the garage into a studio, which we, we use for our online training school and stuff like that and other things like that. And uh, we couldn't really afford to do it, if I'm honest, but we did it. And thank God we did because it's been so useful the last couple of months in this time and then with our online training that we do. But the other thing is, I've bought some music equipment. I mean, I haven't played music properly in years, but I just feel compelled by God in this time. 
Get out the keyboard, get out the guitar. If you don't have any of those things and you can't play, it doesn't matter, wail, it doesn't matter. I believe in this time we need to raise a new sound of worship. If you know what the prophets were saying early in the year, they were saying things like, it's the year of the voice, it's the decade of the voice, it's time to shout, to declare, to worship. It's the roaring 20s, it's time to roar. And you might think, well, this is a strange time to be doing that, but actually never has the roar of worship been more needed. Maybe Matt could start playing as I close. Never has the roar of worship been more needed as now. I want to encourage you to fill your home with worship. Fill your home with the sounds of prayer. Fill your home with the sounds of prophecy. Because I believe God is raising up a new sound. And let me tell you, he doesn't want it to so much come from the church buildings of the land, although that is good. Wouldn't it be amazing? it came from the homes of the lambs. Wow, that'd be powerful. There's two billion Christians on the planet. Imagine two billion homes around the planet becoming places of worship where communion is taken. They, every single one of those places become a house of prayer. Every one of those places becomes a house of worship. Imagine what the planet could be like if we all raised our voices to heaven because God fills the praises of his people. So listen, even at home, we're gonna sing in a moment, you can join in right now. We, we could turn every home and revive into a place of worship right now. And boy, it would do something now. It also may just, it might just shift us into a new way of thinking forever, that suddenly we do become priests in our home, serving communion to our children praying, laying hands on, on people and things and praying together and having family devotion times. Maybe it could become some of the actually, you know, in our home, we transform through that season by making our house a place of worship. Make your home a place of worship. Maybe as you're listening, maybe you didn't even know God. Maybe you've stumbled on this, on this broadcast or a friend has invited you. And so it might seem strange that here I am talking about things that I believe God is saying. Well, two billion people around the planet believe that Jesus is alive, that his Holy Spirit is moving on the earth. And we have not a religion, but a relationship with him today. Here's the gospel in a nutshell. The world is messed up. It's broken and it's man that's messed it up and broken the covenant with God, broken our relationship with God. We couldn't clean ourselves up so, Jesus came, he died on the cross. And what was that that we celebrate at Easter? It was Jesus taking the punishment for the unholiness of mankind. So if we turn to God and say, God, okay, I accept what Jesus did on the cross. I want that to be for me. Take all of my sin and my badness. The first thing you've got to admit is that you are a sinner and you need God. If you don't think that, you can't even start. I know this. I'm a reasonably intelligent person and I've lived in the wonderful consumerist West most of my life. But I know this, I need a savior and his name is Jesus. And I was age seven when I asked Jesus to come into my world, into my life and be real to me, not just be a cross on a wall or a memory at Easter or Christmas, but to be my savior. And when I prayed, it wasn't an overnight transformation at age seven but there was this spark of a new relationship with God. His spirit came into my life 
and I began a relationship with the living God. You can do the same. All you've got to do is pray. Just like talking to an empty chair and go, okay, God, I'm, I'm going to imagine that you're sat right there. And I say, God, come and be in my life. Come and help me. I give you my sin. Thank you, Jesus, for dying for me. Help this be a revolutionary moment for the rest of my life. When you do that, it begins. There's a spark of a new birth inside you and you begin your journey. Read the Bible. For now, if you're on lockdown, wherever you are in the world, then get connected with Christians online. When you can go to church services, do, because it's going to grow that spark into a blossoming relationship with God. That will be the most wonderful thing you ever did. Everyone else in Revive, we love you. We're praying for you. God's with you wherever you are. Let me say those last five things again. Slow down. Number two, forget the former things. We're going forward into something new. Number three, there are new innovations that God is bringing about. Expect your future to be different to your past, therefore. Number four, let him, deep, let him deal deeply with impurity and idolatry and bring us into a beautiful place of relationship with him. And then number five, raise up the worship. You're going to help us do that, Matt. Let's raise up the worship wherever you are right now. And as you do, be praying. Pray for revived members. Pray for those who are sick. Pray for those that are struggling with anxiety and things like that. Pray for the beautiful revived members. We love you guys that work in the NHS. We're praying for you. In our, in our house, we pray for you every morning, 8.45. We have family devotions and we pray for all of you. So as we worship, let's weave prayer into it and ask God to move powerfully across the region. Thanks for being with us this morning. Matt, come on, let's worship.